Why niggas? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Niggas is a brand. Allen Houston. Niggas just mean Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the 16th edition of Season 2 of the Nickish Show. My name is Mo, and I'm here with Osama and Teddy, otherwise known as the Studio 529 Boys. I don't know if you guys call yourselves that, but I'm calling you guys that right now. <laughs> What's up, guys? How you guys doing? Doing good, man. Thanks for asking. Um, uh, like Mo mentioned, Studio 529 is our uh, YouTube channel name. Uh, we just recently started it. Kind of excited about it. Uh, it's been about three or four weeks now going. We've just... Made a bunch of content online. We're usually posting around three videos a week, a skit, and a vlog, and maybe like a, a challenge or other type of video like that, a freestyle one. If you guys have the time or if you guys want to check it out, feel free to hop over to YouTube, search Studio 529. Um, that's where we're at. That's where we're spending most of our nights, trying to grind over there, trying to make some higher quality videos for anybody who's interested. But um, if you're interested, do let us know in the comments that you came from Nickish. It's, it's uh, highly supported. And then... Obviously, um, Ted, you can speak more to how, how we got here, but it's kind of, it's been our hobby for a long time now, and so it's, it's exciting that we're finally making it happen. Yeah, yeah, so just to sort of answer that question, um, me and Osama have been wanting to do YouTube, um, you know, part-time for like a while, for since we were probably in high school, um, but we just never had the mean, the time wasn't right, and that we didn't have the opportunity, but now, you know, we're, we're good, we're at our jobs, we're, we sort of have, you know, that little little window of time before you know everyone starts making families and babies so you know we decide to really pursue it now little and... window wait what'd you say little window <laughs> <laughs> all right bro i don't know how long you've been dating your girl seven years oh my all right here we go here we go podcast, podcast talk podcast <laughs> talk yeah so i mean honestly the studio has been a blast to do it with osama we've both been learning a lot more about each other than we have ever had and we've known each other for what like the last eight years so it's, yeah. re it's really cool uh working with you know one of your best friends on a project uh after Aww. work yeah so <laughs> it's been a blast i hope you guys tune in check it out there's a lot of skits that i think you guys would like so you know tune in yeah you guys got some great stuff i really like the emails one because i we, we all work full-time here and <laughs> it's completely relatable and the stuff that you guys have been putting up are, are very unique so you know, kudos Thanks, to you man. guys. You guys have been killing Thanks, it. But really appreciate it. We Thanks, gotta man. be real for a sec. All the a lot of a lot of which is happening is because you guys have time. Because we're not all following the New York Knicks as much as we would love to. <laughs> time that you guys are putting into to Studio Five Two Nine. That's time taken away from watching the Knicks. Because let's let's be honest for a sec. The Knicks are just not fun to watch. They're they have been really aggravating. Just just not interesting. And yet we still we still do follow them. We still watch them. We still know everything that's going on because we're still Knicks fans at the end of the day, and mm -hmm. we're all investing our time into them because we love them, and we just hope down the road they'll return the love. Now, I don't I don't know if you I don't know if it's just me, but you know, have you got how how do you guys feel about the Knicks right now? Yeah, I feel I feel ambivalent. You know, it's it's easy to just watch the games and just not care right now. Like I'm not feeling any emotions. I'm just watching and really at this time of year for the past 10 years i've just been watching to watch the young guys uh, grow and get better so that's kind of been a struggle recently that's the only time when i get a little bit upset because i do end up having to watch alfred payton play like 35 games and uh, 35 minutes a, a game and so 
that's a little bit frustrating to see that happen. But other than that, realistically, there's really nothing to watch for throughout the end of the season. After the All-Star break, I thought maybe we could make a push for the playoffs or at least try to end up in the 8th or ninth seed. It doesn't look like that's happening anymore. The team's been on a lull. There's been some injuries. There's been a lot of uh, news on a lot of, a lot of the players. So things are kind of up in the air, and it's looking like we're going to end up uh, falling really late in the standings, and ultimately our playoffs are going to start in the offseason in summer. Yeah, that's that was just depressing to hear. Um, you can only imagine how you really feel but like just I, I completely agree with you right there and i feel like all three of us are feeling this Knicks depression where you feel like if you tune into the games you're wasting your own time because the guys mm-hmm. you're watching they're not long term gonna be here like no one is really expecting bobby portis and alfred Payton and even julius randall to be here long term i don't know like I understand that maybe Julius Randle, uh, we've got some fa- supporters of Julius Randle inside this circle, um, but I, I personally just feel like we really we really are doing the Knicks a disservice by watching this, because this is not the team that we want to mm-hmm. see for the foreseeable future. We want to see the young guys play, and I want to ask both of you right now, have you guys sort of soured on Mike Miller because of the way that the young guys have been, you know, left like just on the bench to rot almost? Well, I I I want to see it from his point of view because I'm sure we as cat we as like Knicks fans we hear about all these rumors about new coaching changes. I'm sure he wants to do whatever he can to get more W's, and I'm sure he feels the way to do that is not by playing guys like Alonzo Trier and Frank Ntilikina and Kevin Knox who are on and off. Same with Dennis Smith Jr. He'll 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 start Taj Gibson who. Pretty much at every first quarter games, he he'll score three or four buckets straight, you know, without much without much of an issue, and he he feels that that might be his best chance at keeping his job. I I can see it from that point of view, but I can't give him a pass on the lack of player development for our youth. They're the future, and at this point, he might this might be a long shot, but he he's being a little selfish at this point because he's looking for his own he's looking at his own job. He's trying to keep it, maybe even as a, as an assistant, whoever Leon Rose goes with. But we're, I would like to see more Dennis Smith Jr. I would want to see more Frank Nilekian. These guys are young enough. They deserve a chance over guys like Alfred Payne, who are already established. They are what they are, and Alfred Payne isn't going to be an all-star. Taj Gibson is past his prime. He should be on the bench more and be the mentor for, for the young guys. Mitchell Robinson, at this point in time, he's the best player on the team. He should be starting. Uh, it's, it's very frustrating, and you know Miller, at this his his cloud has dropped significantly. Okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate here because I really do feel like devil's advocate in this situation. I think I I have not soured on Mike Miller because, number one, um, we were just off of the All-Star break and knowing a lot of the changes recently that have happened with the front office, I don't know if the decisions that are being made are Miller's decisions. That's number one. Number two, um, on the topic of playing the young guys, I believe he's repeatedly mentioned that um, he's trying to give them the best opportunity to play more. So like he, they're getting more minutes for sure than they were before. Um, oftentimes, the young guys who we believe have a lot of promise are are playing twenty five minutes plus. They just might not necessarily be starting, um, as we see with you know Taj Gibson usually starting, but only ending ending the game on like 10, 15 minutes total. Um, and then, in terms of uh, Mo, your point about uh, Mitchell Robinson needing to start. Every time we've seen him start this year and last year, he's regressed. And every time he puts on, you know, five, ten games of just amazing play, 
and then we end up rewarding him by starting him, he all of a sudden regresses and then continues to do so for a few games. So I do agree with the coach in the sense, letting him come off the bench, work into his own groove, and still obviously play 25 to 30 minutes. I believe in the Bulls game, he uh, allotted 29 minutes in the game. So I don't mind him coming off the bench and getting that many minutes because realistically, I don't care who's there in the first minute of the first quarter. I care who plays the most throughout the game. And then number three, my final point is, uh, I am not souring on Miller because he's made some tangible, like really tangible differences in this season so far with him being under the helm. For instance, um, under Fisdale, the team was horrible on both offense and defense. And it's clear to us why the team is really bad on both ends because we just don't have the personnel. But under Miller, there's been a huge drastic difference with the same exact personnel. For instance, in February, I believe, um, the Knicks were actually a top 10 defense. Um, in only a few games, they were like, uh, yeah, I think total was like maybe 12 games total in February, but they were still a top 10 defense in the league, which is something to say considering Bobby Portis gets a lot of minutes, Alfred Payton gets a lot of minutes, Julius Randle gets a lot of minutes. So those guys are horrible defensive players, and yet the scheme that Miller runs allows us to have a great defense, even though we were originally bottom three with Fisdale with this same exact team. Also, um, in the last 15 games, the Knicks were. The Knicks have allowed the fewest opposition fast break points, um, and before that, they were eighth. And so, overall, under Miller, we're still preventing that fast break from happening against us. And I don't know if you guys are noticing throughout the games, but we're seeing a lot less easy points scored on us from other teams, but our struggles are coming from the offensive line. And then, finally, in those same last 15 games, the Knicks are also fifth in opposition field goal percentage. And before that, they were ranked 28th. So, I think all of this goes to show Miller is extending his defensive prowess from when he was in the G League. Uh, in the G League, uh, the Knicks were a top five, the Westchester Knicks were a top five defense, and he ultimately uh, took that team to the playoffs, and they ended up losing because of the offensive firepower on the team. But we can see a tangible difference this coach makes, and a lot of people argue whether it's the players or the coach that really make a difference or move the needle for a team, and most people are under the impression that at the end of the day, you can have a mediocre uh, coach and ultimately win with a really good team as opposed to the opposite. What we're seeing here is a really, really bad team, as we saw with Fisdale under the helm, really playing a lot better with a guy like Mike Miller who can just come in and, and, and change the system. So I think I have a lot of hope with uh, Miller. If we can bring in some offensive firepower in the offseason or even have young guys who are excelling on the offensive end, he already can make a bad defensive team great. So that's all I need to see from my coach at the end of the day to be able to have a, a competitive team out on the court. So I'm not souring on, on Miller whatsoever. Okay, fair enough. Um, I hear those points, but I don't know. I, I like Miller, I do, but damn, man, I really just want to see Bobby Portis off the damn floor <laughs> at this point. I think yeah, I think we all do. It's just there's not that many there's not that many bigs in the team, and sadly his his hand is forced with this team. He he was he took he had he played no part in creating this team, obviously because at the time he was still uh, coaching the G League. So I'm not gonna put any blame on him for the rest of the season as long as our young guys are getting minutes. So like just looking at the Bulls and Knicks game um, from Saturday uh, night. Julius Randle got 32 minutes, which again, we can argue about whether he's part of the young core or whether he's part of the veteran group. I have I think the team at least views him as part of that core. So um, I'm just going to put that minutes distribution out there. Taj Gibson only got 19 minutes. Um, RJ Barrett got 31. Uh, 
Bobby Portis only got 16. Knox got 21. Mitch got 29. And of course, Frank got 17. But again, he's coming off of that groin strain injury again. So he might have been getting eased into the lineup. So I think for me, in terms of the minutes distribution for the young guys, it's what I expect. Obviously, there's a couple of veterans there that are, are really don't make sense to me. But I understand him playing Harkless 27 minutes, knowing that he specializes in defense. Um, him playing Taj Gibson a little bit more 19 minutes because he specializes in defense. But one thing I wanted to ask you guys is, one guy that I've always been high on is Damian Dotson. And he's a guy that throughout multiple coaches so far, uh, whether it's Hornacek, whether it's Fizdale, whether it's Mike Miller, continues to rack up DNPs, even though when we see him play, when we see him get solid minutes, he's, in th he's a 3 and D player. Um, his percentages have increased every year that he's been in the league. And he's a great defensive player, of course. And then, of course, he's not that old. I believe he might be 25. And so... Uh, it just baffles me to see him collect these DNPs when we know for a fact, for instance, lineups that have both him and Frank in it are super high in net positive rating. And so I just don't understand overall, what is it about him that's causing all, because like, I thought maybe it was Hornacek that didn't like him. And then maybe it was Fizzle that didn't like him. And now Miller too, who seems like a guy who's not going to take any, uh, any previous play into consideration when he was running his lineups. I don't understand why he's all of a sudden in the doghouse yet again. The only explanation I could possibly think of is that this guy's an absolute like piece of shit or something because um, it must it must be coming from practice because he was getting minutes when Miller started too, but then he's slowly just racking up DNPs like Alonzo Trier. And I think between both of those guys, it might just it might just be that they have a, a, a bad personality and, and don't gel well with the team. And so they'd rather not play them in the rotation. It's I think that's I think that might be one of the biggest question marks right now for the Knicks. Damian Dotson seems like he might he seems like he's one of the nicest guys on the team, so I don't mm -hmm. I, I haven't seen any reports or anything about Dotson not, you know, being a team player. I, I think with all these DMPs he's been the best team player. Whenever he comes in, he, mm -hmm. he's 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 probably the best shooter on the team, honestly. Um, so what other reason could there be? I I'm just trying know. to figure it out. I, well, I mean, yeah. I feel like personally, they just have never valued him along with sort of the other young guys in this core. Um, that's been that's been something I've seen throughout his whole tenure with the Knicks is that he isn't really regarded as part of that young core. Like, I don't know. I just that's how I feel personally. I feel like he's a great player, and we're just we just don't we aren't sold on him for some reason in the in the front 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 office. I don't know why. It's a, it's fine if he's not considered part of that core to grow, right. but you do see tangible skills. Like he never, he's actually super consistent whether he's getting minutes or not. He comes in and does what he needs to do, and so he can't, he can't even be getting Wayne Ellington minutes. Like he can't yeah. get fifteen minutes a game. Right. That's, what what really is up with the Wayne Ellington minutes, anyways? Why is Wayne Ellington getting fifteen minutes a game? Like last game over Dotson? I don't. I don't get it. Absolutely no reason because we're not going to get anything out of Wayne Ellington at this point. I think he's yeah. probably going to leave Wayne in the summer. Gets consistent minutes nowadays since since you know i want to say in february i want to see how many minutes per game he's been averaging because i he he plays a lot more than he did prior uh last mm -hmm. 10 games he's been averaging close to 20 minutes a game wayne ellington yeah which is baffling he knowing no that right to do that miller's a defensive coach you think dotson would get the nod over ellington especially knowing that ellington is definitely not part of this future and we didn't trade him at the trade deadline so you would think a defensive coach would value somebody like Damian Dotson. I get it with Trier. I actually totally get it with Trier. Even though Trier can score well, he might be a, a net negative overall. Honestly, Dotson, honestly, I don't even get it with Trier because I feel like, yeah, he's like a flawed player. We all see that, right? But mm -hmm. like, 
why is he in the doghouse for it? Because we have a lot of flawed players on this team. Like, Julius Randle is a flawed player, but he's still getting mm-hmm. major minutes. Whereas Alonzo Trier is actually a young guy who's still developing his game. Yeah, maybe he doesn't have... He's not the complete player we all want him to be, but, like, what the hell is going on? Like, where do we set the guidelines for who is someone we're going to invest our time in and who is just in the doghouse because they suck? And even more confusing is that Trier, Trier played... Uh... He played well the two games prior to it against the Sixers, and I forgot who he played before that. But the t- the player, the team that they played before the Sixers, Shay, I I don't remember. He he was the guy who came in and started getting them buckets when they needed it against the Hornets. Um, they lost by six points, but a good reason why they didn't lose even more is because when Trier came in, he played well, and he played consistently. Even though the 76ers, he only got he only scored six points, but it was in ten minutes. I don't know why he was in the doghouse and got a DMP. Yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, even with Dennis Smith Jr. not playing, there were there were more minutes to be given out, and for some reason, Trier didn't get to play, and not, neither did Dotson. Yeah, so I I kind of understand the Trier thing a lot more than the Dotson thing because Trier, as we've seen both as a person and on Twitter and online, he is sort of like an f boy when it comes to you know how he portrays himself in a sense and so it's, it's it's easy for me to see a coach saying that's not helpful to the team you're not a great locker room guy and then on top of that when you combine that with his play style of someone who essentially plays like a Lou Williams and he's not necessarily a great uh, playmaking guard but he's more of a scorer I mean it might not be beneficial to the team when they're trying to build this young core again I don't think that warrants DNPs I think you should definitely give him at least 10 minutes a game um, because he is still a young guy, he can still develop in those areas where he shows uh, a lack of ability. And so I, 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 I still at the same time don't think he should be racking up DNPs. It should be Wayne Ellington in his place too. But um, I get it a, lot, a little bit more than I do get Dotson at least because it's just it, the Dotson thing is like insanely baffling. It's a defensive coach. Like the only way he would not want to drool over Dotson is if Dotson is doing something on his own in practice outside of these games that's showing that he should not be on the court. But to be fair, Osama, don't you think we should try cultivating like Trier into an actual good player? Like, where is the development staff here? Like, we've got oh, a young guy yeah. who can score, right? And that's like one of the one of the better skills to have in this league. You need scores. I understand mm-hmm. he's not going to be a playmaking guard, but he's also not like he's an undrafted guy, young guy. We need to develop him, right? Like. What is this thought process in the Knicks organization that everyone we get is basically this finished product and if they don't show any like if they don't show a complete, you know, understanding of their game, they're just like, okay, well, we don't really want to invest our time into him. Let's give Julius Randle and, and Wayne Ellington more minutes. It's just Yeah, I 100% thing. I 100% agree and that's why I think a lot of people were mad that we signed so many guards in the offseason because um, that was that is going to take time from the young guys that we have. Mm-hmm. So, I think what Trier was doing last year before we actually brought in Dennis Smith was really great. He was coming off the bench and essentially playing that sixth man Lou Williams role. And it was really great for him because at that point, we don't need him to distribute as much. We need him to come in and provide a spark off the bench so that the, the starters can get a break and then come back in to seal the game. Right now, there's less of a need for him because we do have guys like Dennis Smith who they, I think they, they value high, more highly than him and want him to be that scoring punch off the bench. Mm-hmm. So when that happens, you essentially, Trier doesn't, like when he doesn't have that six man role anymore, he becomes relegated to 12th man. And that, and that 
whether you think that's right or wrong, I think it's wrong. Um, that's that's what it seems like the the team's perspective is in this sense, and it's not necessarily trying to shut him out. It's more so that his skill set becomes redundant with a guy like Dennis Smith. Of course, we see this year that DSJ is not anywhere near the player he was at the end of last year, and so that makes things obviously a little bit more difficult to pallet. But I, I see where their line of thinking is in that sense. But at the same time, to your point, like we should be developing him no matter what. Even yeah. if even if at least to trade him, get something out of him. But it's there's no buck. point letting him rot on the bench right now. Right. Yeah, we, we've actually tanked his value. It's just stupid. Yeah. So today, guys, is March 1st, which actually is two things. It's buyout deadline day and Leon Rose's first day as a New York Knicks president. Mm-hmm. So... My understanding is Leon Rose wants to develop the young guys more. And today being buyout deadline day, we might end up, if we're lucky, we might end up seeing a buyout of a Bobby Portis, who knows, or Wayne Ellington. If that happens, please, if please. that happens and he truly sticks to his word that he wants to see the young guys develop, we might get lucky and see that happen. And then we see Dotson finally getting his minutes or Alonzo Trier getting some minutes. Uh, Ooh, what, are your, what, are your, what are your thoughts on Leon Rose right now? Because there's that, and there are rumors going on that he wants to bring Melo back to the Knicks. Uh, that might be like a <laughs> oh, PR God. stunt, but there's also a rumor I, of coaching changes. So overall, are you guys excited for Leon Rose's first day as a Knicks president? He's not Steve Mills, so yes. <laughs> but at the same time, I, I I like where we're going in the sense of and obviously we talked about this before when the news broke up, but I like where we're going in the sense of hiring uh, an agent, an established agent, a prestigious agent, uh, similar to the Lakers, similar to other teams out there, the Warriors. So it's a tested and proved model, but at the same time, he cut, does come from the CBA, and there's a lot of bad blood between us as fans and um, some of the, the antics that the CBA had been up to in the past with James Dolan. Like, obviously, we've talked about this in the past, but... Um, signing guys like Andrea Bargnani, Chris Smith, like that stuff is just like inexcusable. And to bring in a guy from that organization to actually run the Knicks is laughable at this point because, you know, it's just it's just ironic and, and very suitable that that would happen. But I do have hope that at least our relationships with players across the league is going to improve. Um, we're going to be able to at least be somewhat more attractive to players knowing that we're hiring somebody to run our basketball ops that comes from that player first standpoint, that player first perspective. And hopefully he comes in with a lot more credibility than the Steve Mills, who essentially didn't have any of that coming in. And is also a person who he's probably close with James Dolan, but not as close as Steve Mills. So we might get somebody with at least somewhat uh, of a bit of autonomy to run this team. Mm-hmm. So I'm overall excited about it. Uh, I think it'll be a good time, but I think we've yet to see any decisions from him. So uh, this offseason will be a huge uh, telling point in terms of where what we look like in as, as a t- team of the future. Mm. And yeah, I I think I've changed my mind. Um, initially, I was not happy about this. Um, you know, this uh, this this basically this agent coming in and running the Knicks organization. I was a uh, little bit weary of that because I really wanted someone more experienced. Because We've been put through, what, like 20-plus years of mediocrity. We need someone who actually knows what they're doing already. Um, But since then, I've actually changed my mind on this whole situation, mainly because I thought I, I just took a pause and wondered who would be a Dolan-like candidate, right? Like if he wanted to make a splash and it wasn't Leon Rose, who would it have been? And my mind just wandered to the depths of the worst like possible choices. <laughs> like I was thinking guys, like washed-up guys who... 
don't know what they're doing. Guys like Isaiah Thomas. Um, oh, God. God. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Friends of James Dolan that we've never heard of. Um, it's just like... <laughs> just I, the straight shots? Yeah, just, just, the <laughs> just the straight shots are in the office. I don't know. Like, now I kind of look at, um, you know, sort of Leon Rose, and I look at the, the players that he's connected to. And just to list a couple off um, from the CAA that they've signed, Devin Booker, Carl Anthony Towns, Donovan Mitchell, Kyle Kuzma, Paul George, Zion Williamson. It's like a bunch of these guys that are pretty much going to be like the future, you know, of the NBA going forward. Um, and I think that one thing we were missing from the Knicks all this time is actual player connections. Like Mills did not have any of that. You could see that. He didn't have he did not have connections with other teams because we would never be able to get some of these salary dump trades that other teams managed to get. He would not have good relations with players because in the offseason no one would ever want to be coming here. And so I feel like this is a step in the right direction. We need we need guys who are, you know, connected um, in the back channels of the NBA, people who know people. So it's yeah. a it's a step in the right direction. I just hope personally that he's saying all the right things now. I just hope that he keeps the plan of building the team and, you know, investing in the young guys and he doesn't just take our assets, which we have a lot of now, and make a stupid win-now move. That would be the worst possible thing is that if he takes all our assets, tries to get a young guy who isn't really going to be that, you know, number one star on the team and he just messes it all up. So my hope is that he's patient. He knows what Mm -hmm. he's doing. He, you know, can actually bring talent in the offseason he makes the right trades and make the right moves. So we'll see. I, I'm willing to give him a chance. Um, anything better than Steve Mills. We we all agree on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I'm excited because probably the, the worst thing about Mike Miller right now, as amazing as he's been, are the rotations, as we just discussed mm-hmm. with Damian Dotson and Trier. And, I, and from all the reports that I've read so far, rotations are the biggest thing right now that Leon Rose plans on taking care of. The other thing that's interesting is that the Knicks are eight games behind the eighth seed, and the eighth seed team right now are the Nets, who lost Kyrie Irving, which, you know, we don't know how that would work, if it works to their benefit or not, but um, the teams in between are the Hawks, the Pistons, the Bulls, the Hornets, the Wizards. With 22 games remaining, it's it's yet to be seen if that can work in our direction, but I think after the break we'll talk about, um, we'll, we'll, we'll get in depth on this, but I, I did want to bring another point on Leon Rose. And that's the rumor that's going around on the potential coaching change that he he might bring on. And there are reports right now that are saying that there's a 90% chance that former head coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Chicago Bulls, who's led his team to multiple playoff appearances, Tom Thibodeau, could be Boo. brought to the New York Knicks to coach this team. Oh my God. When you guys first hear this, what is the first thing that you guys think of? I think of R.J. Barrett's knees, his ankles, his shoulders, his neck, his back. I think of all the body parts on that man and how much they might be crying at the, at the chances of 90% of, of Tom Thibodeau. There's no shot I want that man running this team because, number one, he has not shown the ability to lead a young team. He had the chance with the, Bull, uh, the Timberwolves, the chance to actually run an organization that was... Uh, Essentially, you know, the franchise cornerstone was way better than any player that we have currently. Carl Anthony Towns is way better than any player we have. And yet, 
he had him, Wiggins, and the rest of a pretty good supporting cast and was not able to put a competitive team out there. So there's no shot that I want him from a basketball standpoint. And then from a player management standpoint, there's no shot I want him running RJ into the ground. I don't, the last thing we need for our young guys is to, instead of developing them, being like, oh, we're going to overdevelop you guys and just run you straight into the ground. And then we have RJ playing, uh, essentially the minutes that he was playing under Fizdale earlier in the season. I don't know if you guys remember, but he was playing like 40 plus minutes a game. That's just insane. So I don't want to go back to that. So definitely not, definitely not with Tom Thibodeau. And at the same time, I do want to bring it up, bring into question the validity of that report. I know it came from Sports Illustrated. I think it came from Jonathan Macri, who obviously we all love, but he's still new to the uh, reporting game. I, I don't know if he has that strong of connections. So not to you know throw any shade on him or anything, but it does, it, it, the report hadn't come from a super credible source. So I'm going to sit there and hope that um, it's not going to actually happen. Wow. Okay. Um, I don't know. Personally, <sighs> man, don't Tibbs say it. is don't just say it. a Tibbs um, is just one of the worst possible okay, good, candidates. Good. I, I could think go of. the other direction. No, no, there's no <laughs> other direction with him because, like you guys alluded to, we've seen him fail with the Chicago Bulls, where he had an MVP in Derrick Rose, and I understand Derrick Rose had injury history. We get it, but he still failed mm-hmm. there, right? He still failed, and he still failed to ma- manage. The, he had uh, Jimmy Derrick Butler Rose. too, right? And he still failed with Jimmy Butler. He failed to... You can you can even argue. He really destroyed or derailed DeRose's career. Like, with the with the major minutes he put under him, it was, you know, it was a disaster. Um, Then we saw him fail with the Timberwolves with one of the more talented young cores in the league. And I don't know, man. I just... I don't understand why we're trying Tibbs again. Like, he, he hasn't been successful since his days as an assistant with the Celtics, right? Like... Mm-hmm. We've really seen him t- go to play, go to the playoff, and really not do anything else. Like, okay, he's had a couple of good years, but he's not really the coach you want from a development standpoint. Maybe he's more of a playoff kind of coach. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And he's always been a great defensive coach, but not right. good on offense. And right. we have one of those right now. So what's the point? Yeah, we we need a great offense. That's what we need. We're struggling mm-hmm. on um offense. So I I, I want to see um I really don't want to see Tibbs. I would I would like to give the chance to a younger coach, or you know keep Miller, Miller. for the next season. I guess right. Mm-hmm. The last thing I want to do is hire Tibbs, give him four years, and then fire him in year two, which just mm-hmm. seems like where this is headed. Um, yeah, I am excited about the possibility of the Nets slipping out of the playoff right race right now. Oh yes, yes. They're yes. losing. They lost their last four guys, and they are twenty six and thirty three. The next team, they've got a window though. They, they 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 have a nice lead. So the next team is the Wizards at twenty one wins. So they're five games behind. Um, I don't know. I I don't know if they'll actually slip out, but it's it's looking really bad for the Nets right now. They're they're not mm-hmm. playing well. So for us to sneak into the playoffs, I mean, That's you could rationalize happening. it as like, yo, maybe we'll go on a win streak of eight games, but it's it's not happening. Dude, the next folks. eight games include Houston, Utah, OKC, <laughs> Miami. <laughs> so <laughs> that would we be might one. Do it. Well, you're books, right. We bro. might we might go on wrap the it up. Wrap it up. <laughs> Jesus, man. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I really hope Thibodeau doesn't come. I think every season that he's played, he's had a player, or every every year that he's coached, he's one of his players was top three in the most minutes played. We saw Jimmy Butler average over forty minutes per game multiple seasons um there's a player before him i forgot who 
every year uh, he averaged the most minutes per game, and then he had to retire. Joakim Noah, probably. It wasn't Noah, but Noah, I, we, where, where's Noah now? Um, there's Dude, another he, player. He got a huge contract, and then he just— On our payroll, that's where he is. He's on our payroll. <laughs> maybe talk- maybe you're thinking of Luol Deng? Luol Deng, yes, there you go. Deng was yeah. getting 40-plus minutes per game, and he was a really good player, and then he got a huge contract and fell off. Um, yep. And, yeah, D-Rose, three, you know, three different injuries. That's— it's all Thibodeau. We don't want that happening to our young guys. So hopefully that's not the case. Would you guys? Would you guys be interested in Jeff Van Gundy over Mike Miller? Just oh my god! Curious. Um, he's been linked sure, to he's years. been he's been out of the game for so long. I don't that's know if he's thing. like. I would love like the story behind it. I don't know if it'll actually work out. And at the same time, I don't want to ruin another man's legacy on this team if he's not set up for success. If he could, if he was coaching like a college team and showing promise right now. I'd say yes, definitely kick the tires on him. But the, the last thing I want is to hate Jeff Van Gundy too. It's just too many people I hate now. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, why has he been a rumor for the last 20 years? Like, any chance we have a coaching... Like, <laughs> anytime we have a coaching gig open, Jeff Van Gundy. Jeff? 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 You know who would know be great? Jeff Van Gundy. <laughs> like, it's like we can't we can't let go of the past sometimes as, as Knicks media and Knicks fans. I think that's one guy we need to let go of because he's not coming back. He's not coming back, guys. Man coached 30 years ago. (laughs) Let him him go already. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, the Knicks have a record of 18-42. and After the break, we're going to talk about where we think the Knicks are going to end up with in the remaining 22 games. So we will be right back shortly. All right, I'm good to read this off anytime. Mm-hmm. All right. This week's episode is brought to you by one of our local sponsors, Leon's Roses. Are you in a pickle with your significant other? Has she grown tired of you and your antics? Does she stop showing up to your dates now? Has she started chanting for you to sell the house? Well, there's good news for you. Buy her a set of Leon's Roses and she'll forget what she was even mad about. Our bouquets come in a range of different shapes and sizes. Try our presidential package for a chance to shut her right up for about another year. You know what they say, a bouquet a day keeps your boo and her booze away. Leon's roses, they're better than Steve's. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Leon roses, huh? Yeah, just a, another sponsor in the books, you know, like we can't, yeah, as much as it's been a down season, it's been really on the up and up for our finances. Hello? <laughs> you got cut off from Discord real quick. Um, oh, me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, what did you guys hear me say? Leon Roses, and then you got cut off. And then you f- you finished your commercial, though, but after that, oh, okay. you got cut off. Oh, okay. I can finish, yeah. I was saying, yeah, <laughs> this, week's, uh, this week's been on the up and up, man. We, we secured another sponsor in the bag. Um, as much as the season has been low and down uh, our finances are looking great racking it up mm-hmm add leon's roses in the books you know i'm suspicious of some of these companies i will say really i just just a few of them um leon's roses miller miller was it miller heavy, miller heavy. i don't know mm-hmm. they just seem like they're too good to be true and coincidentally hold on, hold on, hold on. related to what we're doing here i don't know we, suspicious. we might have to cut this part out the podcast right? this wasn't <laughs> in the contract suspicious. this wasn't in the contract <laughs> Suspicious. I'm gonna have to look into some of these. 
<laughs> All right, so we were talking about uh, the, the the standings, right? When it comes mm-hmm. to the team and whether we'll probably make the playoffs. I don't. I really like like you're saying, Teddy, before the break. Um, I don't think we have a chance at it. I really, I really, genuinely had such high hopes uh, before the All Star break and back when we were five games behind. Uh, now we're more games behind just because we can't put a cohesive game together. Obviously, we just beat the Bulls, but again, it's the Bulls. Um, we're not going to get many of those wins. And Mo, like you mentioned, we're just going to start playing a lot harder teams over the next eight game streak. So I don't think there's a chance, but I'm curious to hear, Mo, what you think about that. No, man, let the tank begin. Let's let's just play the young guys. Let's Or let's keep giving Bobby Porter's 48 minutes. I'll, I'll take the tank. Let's get the top pick. <laughs> Uh, oh god! I, we're at, we're at 18 games with 22 games. I don't see us winning more than 25 altogether. So my prediction at the end of this is going to be 24 and whatever 82 minus 24 is. Oh god, mm. 24. And that that I mean, that's, that's like giving them some semblance of like credibility as as players or as a as a squad. Um, but yeah, 24. I don't think it's going to go any higher than that. Yeah, wow. I think at this point we're 18 and 42. Um, we essentially have 22 games left in the season. If we continue on the same path, I think we win only maybe nine games. So yeah, we could feasibly end at 27. Um, I don't see it happening. Again, we're what? How many games behind now from the eighth seed? We're eight and a half games behind. It's just, it's just not gonna happen. Um, maybe well, the Pistons drop out because obviously they trade away Andre Drummond. I don't see the Bulls dropping out from that race. I don't see the Hornets dropping out or the Wizards. It's just not going to happen. Mm, interesting. Okay. Well, I like to think a little bit differently than that. I think we have 22 games remaining, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, honestly, I think we're going to go win 18 of those. And then... Okay. <laughs> we... <laughs> oh, why are you guys laughing? Why are you guys laughing? What, what's the... Sorry, sorry, All sorry. Right. sorry go ahead. So we're going to win 18 of those, right? Um, under the leadership of Julius Randle, Bobby Portis, and Alfred Payton, which is our big three in this in the current NBA, right? It's like sort of, you know, a lot of pe- a lot of teams have like invested heavily into the small ball lineup, where we've gone, we've decided we don't need shooters. What we need to do is we make Bobby Portis our Steph Curry, right? And we start setting picks for him, like Alfred Payton will do it, Julius Randle will do it, and then we have Julius Randle in the middle being almost a Shaq like player. Right, <laughs> and what I mean by that is he just gets the ball stripped from him in the center of the, of the field. <laughs> when that happens, right, the ball ricochets off, and we have shooters, which is just Bobby Portis waiting for that. So it's sort of like an outside-inside game that we're we're, we're developing. Right Harlem Globetrotters yeah. uh, <laughs> strategy. Yeah, and then you have all these other little like unknown quantities that you can just spring into the into the game when needed, like. Hey, here's Dennis Smith Jr. Is he going for two points today or 20? Who knows? So I feel like we're going to be a tough team to game plan for, right? And that's why I see these playoff teams just like, they're just like, be like, yo, are we we actually like preparing for the Knicks? No, we're not. Let's go chill right now. And then, you know, when we actually play them, boom, 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 Bobby Portis scores 45. That's it. That's it. So I think our game plan is just to be so bad that no one takes us seriously and then Bobby Portis ball for the win. <laughs> so I, I think we're gonna day. win the next eighteen. I think we're gonna make the playoffs. Then we who's the first seed? Bucks. All right. So we put Jan, put Bobby Portis on Giannis, right? <laughs> and that's a wrap. You have lockdown defense right there. 
So the day Bobby Portis gets us forty-five <laughs> points, um, I'm gonna I'm retiring. Put my jersey in the rafters because I've seen it all. I've seen it all. I don't know. You guys don't think Bobby Portis is a nightmare matchup for Giannis and and the Bucks? No, yeah, he's our nightmare matchup for Giannis. <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna say eighteen wins just to be optimistic. But in actuality, this season's over. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're nine and twenty at home, nine and twenty two away. Probably gonna finish the game nine and twenty two just to make this all even. So, it, I I do see like yeah maybe twenty five wins, twenty seven wins around there, mm. which you know what is good. Like last year we ended with seventeen. We predicted twenty five in the beginning of the season. So, it is what it is. Yeah, we could we have know done our more. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, we're realists. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about Teddy, but it's... we're realists. <laughs> <laughs> Why you guys don't like Bobby Portis ball? Like I don't think you, I think you guys need to give it a chance first. At Bo- least Bobby Lebron James Portis, <laughs> <laughs> La Bobby James. Hey man, well right, anything guys? Happened. Anything else you guys wanted to tackle this week? Uh, quick, I I shout out to Jonathan Macri because there were specific stats that he gave out for Mitchell Robinson that I was I I was very impressed with for Mitchell Robinson. Uh. If you guys weren't aware, for the month of February, our Mitchell Robinson was top three in effective field goal percentage, offensive rebound percentage, and wow. blocks per 36 minutes. And this is even better. The New York Knicks have a defensive rating that's better than the second-best defense in the league when Mitchell Robinson is on the court for, for the last month. Oof. And, when he's, and the rating for that is 104.3. <laughs> when he's off the court, it's 114.9, which I don't know what the rankings is for that. But God what's damn. important is that when he when he was on the court the last month, we were better than the second-best defense in the league. Wow. I, See, that's that's elite right there. That's uh, Chalk yeah. it up to both Mitch and um, you know Miller being able yeah. to use him well. I think that's a great, great, great duo. I think the next step for him is just making sure to just – Keep that foul trouble uh, down and and actually be able to apply his defensive skill set to longer minutes when he starts. So I'm I'm excited for the future, man. Yeah. Him and RJ, super excited. Good, great building blocks. And I think at this point in time, I want to put it out there for for Mitchell Robinson. I want to say he's untradeable. He's on my untradeable list unless it's for like a former MVP like a Giannis or or a James Harden kind of player. But oh yeah, any yeah. anyone other than that, even even for Cat, I used to say for Cat I trade Mitch, but that for right now that's. He's he's untradeable. He's he's way too good, too young, with too much potential for us to give mm-hmm. away. And the Knicks have never been good on defense, but right now we're we're actually great at defense. Dude, I'm I'm getting so excited thinking about potentially finally adding a playmaking scoring point guard to this group because you got like I've always thought whenever I want to build a big three, it's a guy at the guard position, a guy at maybe small forward, and a guy at center. Um, I think we have our guy in Mitch at center. Um, and then we have RJ who could potentially slide in at the small forward position. And then if we get a point guard who can just run the show, um, maybe it's a guy who has even 75% of the skill set that John Morant has. Mm. That would be a scary trio, man. And then you just surround them by shooters, surround them with shooters. That's just, that is just tempting to even dream about right now. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I do. That, that sounds amazing. I really hope we get there. Yeah, I hope we mm-hmm. get a guy like that. Frank at the two for all defensive needs. RJ at the three. And then, you know, if we can get a chance at Brandon Ingram, I would love that. I would, I would offer him Ooh. a max contract right away, Ooh. put him at the Ooh. four. Uh, and if they want to sign Trey, we'll give up Randall, no problem. 
and <laughs> um, <laughs> and Mitch at the five. Like that's that is a lineup that would be awesome. I is Brandon Ingram? He's restricted, right? Yeah, yeah he's a restricted yeah. free agent. But apparently there are talks about him There's potentially rumors. not being in, in conversations to be uh, you know offered the contract by the Pelicans. So I mean I, I don't think it's real, but who knows? You can hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think it's it's obviously better for him personally to stay in the scenario that he's in right now. There's a lot of young guys on that team. It's a great promising core. Of course, now they have Zion. But again, with the Zion news, maybe that's less playing time. Maybe that's less ball handling for um, for Ingram. So who knows? Yeah, maybe he doesn't want to be in Zion's shadow. Yeah, you know? and he could he could take he could be the top guy in New York under Leon Rose. That might be enticing enough for him. Ooh, don't even excite mm. me, man. This is what we do as Knicks fans. February, <laughs> we talk about in March. We talk about the Dude, summer. Just, just slot LeBron into the three, and then we have Giannis at the four. And then, oh my God, I can't even, can't even, can't even stop thinking about we it. We win a title within two years. That's that's what's happening, guys. <laughs> I can see it. I can see it. <laughs> all right, guys. That about wraps up this 16th edition of the Nickish Show. Thank you all for listening. Give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube at Nickish Show. Uh, and follow us and on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and SoundCloud. We appreciate you guys listening to this edition of the Nickus Show. Uh, guys, like and week. rate the show. Like and rate the show so that this pops because we need your support. Obviously, we're trying to put out good content out there, so make sure that you're on any audio platform that you're using, you're actually giving a rating for the show so mm. that other people can get the pleasure of listening to our voices week in and week out. So just go ahead and do that, and then Mo, you can finish signing us off. Yeah, and even downloading our episodes works well as well. It, it, it makes us higher mm-hmm. the rankings. When you look up the word Nick, we're hoping that Nickish always comes up. It's, it's been coming mm-hmm. up lately, which is great. Um, but continue to download, listen, share, and discuss with us on, on what you guys want to hear about and what your thoughts are on the New York Knicks. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, again, thank you guys. So any last words, Teddy, Osama? No, we love you. We hope that the Knicks, you know, are become the team that we all want to watch. And uh, have a great day. Yeah, I'm, I'm on my way to pick up some Leon's Roses. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys. Right. It was a pleasure. Until next time. Right. Peace. Peace.